0: Around here, I take the same medicine that I dish out. That is, I am a consumer of a lot of the things that I recommend and prescribe. And the the guests that I bring on to share with you, for example, are people who have inspired, moved, had an impact on me, um, the people in my life, or are champions for causes or visions that I think are worth sharing. Uh, To that end, my guest today fits this description to a after 20 years of creating really innovative marketing uh, for folks like BMW, the NBA, Turner, Usher, uh, TLC, Tony Braxton, to name just a few. She now serves as an empowerment speaker and a life strategist. Um, Her name is Sherry Riley, and I am very happy to have her on the show today. Um, the thing that I'm featuring on today's episode is uh, a class that she uh, taught that I have been taking um, called Exponential Living. Now, Sherry is a mother, a daughter, a wife, an entrepreneur, and <laughs> to say she she wears many hats is would be um, doing it a disservice. She's a woman of many talents, um, the least of which is getting you to spend more time doing you. The world pulls us in so many ways where we're not our best selves and and wants us to do things that are um, out of line with who we are authentically or what gets us fired up. And this class, and it's named after her award-winning book called Exponential Living, living um, this class helps Goal-oriented people like you and me uh, from spending time doing things that are not who we authentically are. You know, one part of exponential living is being aware of these things, and the other part is taking action. And this is where Sherry really brings it home. So, uh, what you're hearing is an uh, an excerpt of uh, one of my. Uh, top classes that I'm listening to right now on creative live and there's three lessons in particular I've curated one is around defining success I feel like so many people in our culture, especially in in you know this crowd that we are a part of this community where you know we want to be uh, we want to uncork our dreams we want to tap into our true potential and yet so many of us haven't defined what success looks like we've attributed uh, all kinds of definitions, most of which other people have provided us and you know when that's not aligned with our own, it's really hard to measure ourselves and hold ourselves accountable and you know put uh, put our dreams on the wall, pin it to the wall, and then go for that dream. So this first lesson is, Um, avoiding other people's definition of success and defining it for ourselves, how to not compare ourselves to one another and how to uh, pursue happiness. The second lesson is called peace in power. And this is all around busyness and stress and anxiety and that empty feeling that we can feel when we're doing things that don't have meaning for us. Um, And how to, how to contradict that with peace, how finding peace in your life allows you to stay grounded and present, allows for reflection, and allows us to tap into that strength of who we are. Uh, the third lesson is around confidence. Um, one thing that I, I have learned is that this combination of confidence and enthusiasm is a very potent cocktail. and um, Sherry tells a wonderful story, um, talks about the gap between drive and confidence, how drive is sort of a protective strength and confidence is a a vulnerable strength. In short, you're going to take a lot away about how to build confidence that just isn't for a moment, but is rather for a lifetime or for a journey that we are all on. So I'm going to get out of the way and let you enjoy this amazing speech slash presentation um, from uh, someone I really appreciate, admire and respect is Sherry Riley. Hey y'all, oh, hey, uh, new sponsor alert. So this episode of Chase Jarvis Live is brought to you by creator Live, And you all know, yeah, of course, I am the founder of that company. But I gotta just be straight up. This is unequivocally, no questions asked, the best place in the world for creator and entrepreneurial education. I mean, Frankly, nothing even comes close, and it's the only one that's focused specifically on photography, design, video, art, music, craft, and maker, and the ability to make a living and a life in all those disciplines. It's where the best teachers in the world, where Pulitzer Prize winners, New York Times bestsellers, the best of the best go to teach. So, of course, I'm biased, but I I just encourage you to check it out because Nothing else comes close, and you will be on your way to join millions of other folks in our creative community. There, learning from the world's top experts. Okay, that's it. That's my soapbox. That is the commercial, and we'll hope to see you over Creative Life. Now, let's get back to the show.
1: How many of you guys have defined success for you? Denise, you're shaking your head. You haven't defined it. Who in here has act- actually defined success for themselves and wrote it down? Yeah. Now look at that. I want everybody to turn and look at each other. If you're in the front, look at the back. Everybody turn. Look at each other. Look at your neighbor. Look at Everybody look at each other. Look at each other. Guys, everybody in this room is grown. Everyone in here is thriving and thriving and pushing and pressing, sacrificing and investing in success. And nobody said they've actually defined it.
2: I was going to say I might have defined it, but I can assure you it was wrong.
1: (laughs) Absolutely wrong. Or it just needs adjusting. Correct. But here's the reason I had you look at each other. Because you're not an anomaly. We are the norm. We are the norm. And then when I did stop and define it, it was exactly what you said. It wasn't honest. It was what I thought I was supposed to. I want to be a multimillionaire. And I want to be. And that's okay. We all want that. That's a given. But what about the person who literally wants to serve in missions work in Africa? Is that not success? What about the person that dedicates themselves to serving the underprivileged and never get paid? They live on missions trip and they go from home to home. That's not success. If money is the only definition of success, then all of us are robbing ourselves of a real life called exponential living. But many times, that's kind of the mark, right? What is your definition of success? If you had to just take a stab at what it is based on just what we've done so far. And there's no right or no wrong. There's no guide, there's no test. It's just your heart and your truth. And online, I want you guys to write yours down. If you're watching this with a group of people, share it amongst yourselves. But I want everybody to really take that moment and think about, and I'll start it off. I'm gonna start it off. My definition of success in the beginning of my journey was just what I said. I just, I wanted to make a lot of money so I could take care of my mom, my dad, take care of my kids, take care of my, that's what I, that was it, from 15 to about 30. I used to tell my dad all the time, I'll be a millionaire by the time I'm 30. That was, that was success. And then you say the money then gives you the cars and the houses and, you know, and I can travel. But as I begin to mature into exponential living, my definition of success is rooted in peace. It's rooted in peace. I have had everything I've ever wanted and I've been homeless. And at each end of the continuum, the only thing that mattered to me was peace. When I had money to buy whatever and I was filled with fear and anxiety, or when I didn't have the money and I was trying to figure out where me and my daughter were gonna lay our heads, in both situations, the money didn't matter. Having it or didn't having it. Being in a big home or being in someone else's home what mattered to me was peace. And when I was able to really lock into the peace, I realized that I wanted the freedom to make decisions. I wanted the courage to make decisions. That was peace for me, that was success for me. And from that, I then began to say that when I am in a place of peace and clarity and courage, I want a career that not only fulfills me, but allows me to create something of substance in the world. And in that career, I want to be able to control my schedule so that I can be just as present with my family as I am for others. And in that time of being present for my family with a career that I can decide how I create the time in it, I want to be paid for the value that I bring. And in that, I want to be able to negotiate contracts that allow me to have a surplus in my life because I love to travel. You see how this is going? See where I started and see where I'm going? Peace doesn't eliminate the end result of whatever we say that is. For some of us, it may be touring the world. I want to make just enough money that I can be in a whatever, you know, I don't know if I can say the name on camera, but those places that you can stay and it's not a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> I want just enough for that. Or maybe I want a 20-room mansion. That doesn't matter. What matters is who you are when you get there. What is definition? I mean, what does success mean to you? Actually, do we want to spend some time on that? I don't want to move too fast. I want to move, I don't want to move too fast. Yeah, let's spend some time there.
2: Uh, yeah, based on what you were saying, I, I found myself myself saying the definition of success is to be happy. And I realized um, there's a certain amount of innocence to saying it that way. And then I realized, like, this, this seems more tactical to be like, oh, OK, how do you define happiness? What, what does that make up? And actually spending the time and getting real with what that is, to your point, having gobs of money is, you know, like it solves some problems, but doesn't necessarily make you happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that was a, a powerful statement there.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Yes. And we'll come over here. And my challenge in
2: going back to what is success and what's appropriate, everything keeps coming back to titles and expectations. And my challenge is understanding titles and expectations and what it takes to get there. Uh, A personal example is I wanted to spend time with my kids, as we established earlier. And so per expectations or the quote-unquote the norm, I would take them to the park. I hate the park. I mean, it's one of those things. I'm, and I realized I hate spending time with my children at the park, which makes me sound like an awesome mother, but it goes back to those titles that I'm trying to live up to. So what's a good mom? Again, title. So eliminate the title. I feel like the, the board has been wiped clean and it's trying to rebuild. So now what is the definition of success for me in terms of time with my children and it means playing games and doing one-on-one activities, not where they're having a grand time, but I am tortured. Yeah. So I think that that's the hard part with this, sitting with this is it's reevaluating um, the way that you look at things and just wiping titles clean and then wiping expectations of others or trying to live others' success. That's the hardest part. Yeah. I don't think it's gonna be solved today, but I think it's,
1: yeah.
2: it's, that's the,
1: where my head keeps spinning. And the good thing, I'm set, glad you said it, because remember, we started with this is a journey. I told you, you weren't going to walk away here with all the answers. What you was going to walk away with what to do mm-hmm. to continue the cycle to get there. And I'm so glad you said that about your children, because you're right. I, they feel the energy when we're doing something with them that we really don't want to do versus finding those things that allow us to really be together. Mm-hmm. I know I caught myself taking my daughter to the movies, but it was because I could just sit there and zone out. That's not quality time. Not that we won't take her to the movies, but quality time is putting ourselves in an environment where we can engage and connect. So you're right, creating that space. Denise, and then I'm gonna come here.
3: I think it was sort of hard for me to define success because this week I spent a lot of time like assisting like really successful people at work and just just listening to their conversations about all their travel and their cars and all that they have and all that they're doing and all that their kids are doing and then going home thinking, hmm, (laughs) this is where I am. But actually being okay with where I am because I thought about where I came from and all that I didn't have. So I actually am pretty successful in my own right, but you know, it was hard to define it after you know being in a room for a few days, comparing myself to people who were like really rich and successful. So there's a difference where you just have to look in the mirror and be successful for yourself, and not try
1: to you know base it on everyone else. Yes, if you had asked me, pass right here. If you had asked me. Um, After, you know, I was working at LaFace Records, I'm working with, you know, the biggest artist in the world. I had a business for 15 years that was extremely financially successful, gave me great access, but I didn't feel like I was successful. But it was because of that. Well, but I don't have five cars. I got one car. Mm -hmm. I don't have the 20,000-square-foot home. I have the 4,000, you know. And I was like, do you understand how much you're robbing yourself of your own truth? Because you... I wouldn't, when I tell you when I finally, say it, it is not, when I finally had this revelation, I cried for days because it broke my heart that I could not say I am successful. I couldn't say it. You guys are farther along than I was. I couldn't even say it. And what a lie to live that at any level we're in, if you wake up every day, that's a gift. You are successful. I couldn't even say it. I mean, you guys are at least ahead of the game. You can say it. A lot of (laughs) the times times
4: I I think of things in metaphors. (laughs) So when I was looking at the definition of success, I was thinking last year when I was spending 100, Percent of my time living 10%, that was me merely painting with gray. I recently started painting, so this is the metaphor. Mm-hmm. But I realized that each one of us has really been given an artist palette at birth with all of our gifts and our talents, and that's all of those different colors. So to me now, the definition of success is utilizing all of those colors in my life to make art, as all of us will. And. Um, Art in general connects people. It makes people happy. So for me now moving forward, I think my definition of success is utilizing all of those colors versus just merely
1: painting with gray. Beautiful. Okay, that's another note I'm gonna write down. (laughs) So again, I am a sports fanatic. I am. I love sports. And um, the University of Alabama won a national championship if they have done many, many years. And they had a freshman, true freshman. Now, a true freshman means last year this time he was in high school. High school. Came in second half. The team was behind. He came in second half and literally won this game. Not only won the game, but won the game on a last second touchdown in overtime. I mean, talk about the pressure, right? Freshman, 18-year-old kid, literally 100 miles from home, and he comes in, scores a winning touchdown. It's a 40-some-yard touchdown. I got to set this up, guys. 26 yards, like second and 26. I mean, this is one of the most impossible scenarios that Hollywood writes up all the time, right? And Hollywood can write on the script and he throws a winning touchdown. But in real life, we're not living a script. But this kid threw a winning touchdown. And afterwards, they ask him, you know, how could you as an 18 year old who was in high school last year, who literally after the game ran to his parents and fell in their arms crying, like any 18 year old kid would do. How did you have the calm, the ability, the focus to come in and do this? To bring your team back from a major deficit to win a championship game at this level in overtime, after being pushed back 20-some yards. And he told the reporters he prayed for peace. He prayed for peace. Peace. He wasn't frantic. He wasn't stressed out. I mean, how many of us Really think if I'm not really rared up and ready to go, I'm not focused. I'm I gotta okay. I gotta get. I gotta do this. I gotta. Oh my God. Okay. Whoo. Worry and stress is what gets me focused, right? He prayed for peace. He told the reporters, "It was that peace. It was the peace that gave him the ability to stay calm. That peace. Peace is that ability." to tap into the strengths, the weaknesses, the power, the uncertainties, the things that make me who I am, my DNA, the things my father gave me, my mother gave me, the thing that's in my lineage, my heritage, my culture, what makes me meet peace is the core that I pull from, that when I strip all of the things away from it, it is the thing. That's the heartbeat of who I am. What does peace mean to you? And I'm not going to ask you this question. I'm to, I don't want you to express it out loud. Not for this, not right now. Because it's such a deep, personal thing. It's such a deep, personal thing. Because it really is the essence of who and what we are. Because what I discovered, guys, peace really is our power. But everybody pulls that power from different sources, different places, different spaces. For the kid from Alabama, his was through prayer. For someone else, it may be through meditation. For someone else, it may be just in conversation in a mirror with themselves. For someone else, it may be calling on their ancestors. For someone else, it may just be quiet, just sitting in silence, calming the thoughts. For someone, it may be just going to sleep, just going to sleep. Rejuvenating, whatever that is. But I want you to really think through, what is that, what is peace? Because some of my clients, when they first came to me, they thought peace would take their power away. Because for them, peace was kumbaya, right? Sitting in a room rocking, "Mm," right? (laughs) It was taking them out of everything to put them back into something. No. So when we look at this journey of peace, when we look at the journey of what we're on, what peace allows us to do is not lose ourselves in the process. Did y'all hear that? It allows us not to lose ourselves in the process. It allows us to understand that multitasking is really not that good. <laughs> Science has even proven that, right? But so many of us think if I'm juggling a bunch of balls, if I'm doing this, I'm typing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, right? And all of this frantic energy just going out of us, doing a 100 things instead of focusing in on those important things. Peace is our power. When I I first started this journey, um, a good friend of mine, I asked her, uh, to help me kind of get the vision of what we were doing, like what what this whole thing was. Because when I first started this 17 years ago, people said I was crazy, that peace was like, Sherry, you're never gonna, that message is never gonna resonate. I mean, really. Like, when I tell you, I mean really. Like, and I mean people in my inner circle. Focus on balance, that's what's it. But it's peace. But peace doesn't make people money. They're not gonna wanna hear about that but peace really does put you in a position to be strengthened in whatever you do. And if money is a part of that, yes, it does. Right? So 17 years ago, this was like, it makes no sense. Don't do it. Five years ago. So in this journey, I I talked to a friend of mine and she was just like, you know what, Sherry, I think you need to find something else other than peace. Because peace really is impossible. She's like, peace is impossible. Because like, think about it, Sherry. Now, like, when I, she lives in New York, and she's like, when I get in the taxi, like I used to get in there and it was quiet and that's kind of where I centered myself on my way or whatever I was doing. She was like, but now when you get in a the taxi, they're running commercials, like noise. Or if you're pumping your gas, it's like the ad comes on. Hey, welcome and get your gas and go get your potato chips and get your Coke. And she was like, there's no place, there's there silence. Well, for her, peace was about quiet and silence. Peace is not the absence of turmoil. Peace is strength in the turmoil. And I explained to her that it's in the turmoil and it's in the quiet and it's in the life that we stay centered and calm, that it's always within us. And she was like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. Okay, keep it in there, right? (laughs) Some of the challenges that we have that comes against the idea of peace is, well, I don't have enough time. I'm already stretched too thin. I mean, come on. Who has time to really figure all this out? Well, let me tell you guys, you're going to invest it one way or the other. You're either going to invest it, continuing to do what you're doing and getting the same outcome you're getting. And as, who is that, Dr. Phil says, you know, how's that working for you? Right? We're still, we still have the emptiness. Or people say, I don't have the money. I don't have the money. I don't have the money. There was a point in my life that I was so committed to this journey that I took money that really needed to go to take care of my family and put us, remember I told you I was homeless, to put our family in a position. But I took that money and I invested it in the growth of me getting here. The growth of who I am, the growth of this journey, the growth of this message, the growth of this book, the growth of what this really is to bring to the world. Because we're either going to invest the money the time, or we're going to invest in mistakes. But we're going to invest the time, or the, we are, the thing that we say we don't have, you're going to use it one way or the other. And then another thing that keeps us from accepting what peace really can be, I already know that. I already know that. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got that. I got that. I, I, got, I already know how to do that. I was, um, that's why I'm so proud of you, Mark. I, I've been on this weight loss journey as well with you for a while, a little bit longer than yours, hallelujah. And uh, at one point, I, um, I, one of my clients was actually a fitness expert, and she was going to work with me for free. And I kept telling her, like, I already know, I know how to lose weight. I know what eat right, exercise. I got it, I got it. But I had a little health scare. The doctor told me that my blood pressure had gone up and, and um, my, my, the insulin levels had gone up. And she said, "Cherry, I keep telling you, I'll help you. And I finally just said, give yourself permission to get help. I finally gave myself permission to get help. And w- literally in six weeks of working with her, inches fell off, weight fell off, but we did the same thing that I already knew with one addition. We did everything I knew, and then we did what she knew. See, I knew what I knew, but I didn't know what she knew. (laughs) Right? So, yes, you may already know what you know, but it's okay to accept the help or understand that there's an investment that you may have to make in what you don't know. Benefit from that as well. So, with peace, peace is everything, peace is our power, peace is possible. Peace is the new success. Peace is the new success. I love what Peter Drucker says. Follow effective action with quiet reflection because from the quiet reflection, we have even more effective action. My whole life was pretty much described just through anxiety. I mean, I had my first colonoscopy when I was 15 years old. Exactly. Exactly. What does a 15-year-old have to be that stressed that they would need a colonoscopy. But it was, honestly, it literally was the truth of my life. Anxiety, stress, stress. This is why peace is so important to me. Anxiety, stress, stress. And I realized that I needed those mindset reminders to help me to stay focused, to stay focused. And mine is I pursue peace in a positive mind and I live in the power of peace. I pursue peace with a positive mind, and I live in the power of peace. And I challenge you guys, I challenge you online, I want you guys to come up with what do you need to make sure that you have a constant reminder of how you stay focused and committed on this journey, again, to pursuing the peace, to pursuing that core. You can still mind, it's okay. <laughs> What do you need to give you that constant reminder? I think, Daniel, you referenced one, you know, earlier. I think you had referenced something that you were gonna hold on to, for you. For me, I have to have this constant reminder. I pursue peace and a positive mind and I live in the power of peace because it's so easy to get distracted. It's so easy to fall back into the old habits because for me, I I pursued achievement. I pursued career. I read this. I saw this research. It said we have 60 thoughts per day and 90 percent of them are repetitive. So that means if we just replace 20 percent of our thoughts (laughs) with thoughts that center around peace. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. If we just use that one mantra. Repetitive. It's a habit. This is a habit. So when we get to that place of pursuing the peace, pursuing the peace, we can replace so many of these negative thoughts with the things that open us up and open up this new paradigm. It's just interesting because I keep... Stand up for us? (laughs) Thank you. It's just interesting because I keep thinking about MLK Mm -hmm. and why he was so different from the other people at that time.
5: And part of it was that for my understanding is that he studied Jainism love Mm
3: -hmm.
5: a deep rooted love. Like that's more like in Buddhism. That's really, or it was Hinduism, Mm -hmm. um, but a specific form that really, really focused on love. So, and used it in his nonviolent
1: protests and it was so powerful. And when you talk about peace, how it can be very powerful. I feel like I keep thinking about these very powerful
5: nonviolent protests And um, how it was rooted from love. So, um, yeah, so just
1: wanted to. Yeah, no, that's perfect. Because his, I actually wrote an article, I did a blog on Martin Luther King Jr. and peace, and how external peace, which is what the civil rights movement is about, and internal peace, both of them are going up against resistance. But here's what you just said that's so critical. His commitment to external peace came from his commitment to internal peace, which shifted the paradigm of society, peace. Peace shifted the paradigm of society, and not just American society, global society, women's rights. all So many rights have been birthed out of the idea of peace, the power of peace. So thank you for bringing that. So what, what peace is not, it's not a destination, <laughs> it's not a result, it's not a payoff, it's none of these things. Peace is not those things. I've had so many people that I've met, that I've worked with, that I've been in communion with, and they've all said the same thing to me, in some way, shape, form, or fashion. And not that they've achieved like everything at that very moment. But when we look at that definition of success, like Denise said, right where we are, not comparing, not adjusting to what we wanna do next. When When Mark talks about where he's been and what he's doing now, so many people have everything they've desired at some point, but peace. But peace. Nicole Kidman, when she won the Oscar, she said in that moment, the highest award you can get in her field and she said that was the moment she realized how miserable her life was, how empty she was. And that, after that, she made a lot of life adjustments. <laughs> Peace, guys, is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. It's a moment-by-moment decision. A moment-by-moment decision. Laura, I want to check in and see what we have going on
5: online. Yeah, we have some um, reading nice and interesting comments that are coming in and Reza says the way I see it we seem to be using the word happiness where we mean peace happiness is fleeting temporary and can be bought much like a toy peace is achieved it's arrived at and um, they say that they strive for peace happiness um, is meaningless without it so I thought that was you know a nice um, reflection on on what's been discussed here today Um, Karen had also been in touch and said, uh, this is such a profound affirmation for me. Thank you, Sherry, for um, your facilitation of this essential conversation. This is the way I live and how I have for decades, in business and personally. It is something I have taught my own grown children, my clients, students, and colleagues. It takes courage. And I'm being tested now to live and model these beliefs at, that I value. I've had to say, I know who I am with stuff and without stuff. I give everything in my business and in my relationships for peace. Or sorry, she's given up everything in her business and relationships for peace. Thank you for calling me out on not honoring my grief. My positivity sometimes portrays my pain and uh, finishes with blessings to you all walking along this path together.
1: Mm. Thank you. Thank you. So I want to dive in. I want to get some of your key takeaways um, up to this point on the piece, the journey. Do you believe that it's possible? Do you believe it's a lifestyle? So I want to have a little conversation around that. Who has the microphone? There we go. Perfect. Will you uh, stand forth? it? Sure. Um, I do believe it's possible. And coming here today, I was thinking about how the empty feeling that's been in my life needs to be replaced with daily peace. Mm -hmm. And so to hear you say that this is a lifestyle, I thought of that as what successful would be to me
2: when you asked us to define success. It was finding peace in my daily life through my work, my play, my relationships, my love. Oh, I love thank that.
1: Thank you. Ah, thank you for sharing. Wonderful. We have not had a moment. Oh, we're gonna co- you got a moment. Ah, you got saved <laughs> by the bell. There we go, Mark. Then we're going to come back. Yes, go ahead, Mark. <laughs>
6: um, I wanted to hear your advice.
1: Mm-hmm.
6: Um, I love your title. And something you just said about Martin Luther King, who, for me, was absolutely so inspiring. We've, we've heard his speech, I Have a Dream. There's another speech he did, which for me changed my life and i want your perspective on this because i think it can pull it all together which is and, and i can't speak with the eloquence of, of martin luther king but what he said is when we find that gift we find what it is our is our life purpose but we choose not to live it because we're afraid that it will be unpopular or we might be killed we've stopped in his case he discovered it when he was 38 we've stopped living using his words when you're 38, even though you may live to be 98, it's so important to live that purpose. Mm-hmm. And to, to me, it's all about purpose. And what I'm getting from you, it's all about also finding that inner peace. And I love that correlation between when we find that inner peace, we can achieve that extra that outer peace as well. Mm-hmm. But it's um, but it's so important to live the purpose. And I, and I and that's kind of really what you're saying is 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 the exponential living and um so so i guess if you've got a comment
1: yeah i i wow you you hit it because you're right i i ran from this what i'm doing now for years i ran for years because as i shared um about the cap Um, That my my one client had you know, but her uncle said you like to eat like to eat well Mine was my grandmother uh, when I was much younger probably like seven or eight I was always a very loquacious child like I was born to talk and um, (laughs) (laughs) And I had said something I mean nothing mean but I was just a child who talked and my grandmother said to me oh you talk too much and she didn't mean it from a malicious standpoint, but in that moment In that moment, I said, no one will ever say ever again that I talk too much. I remember it as clear as I'm talking to you. And that was my truth. That became the ceiling for me, the wall. And so when I began to get the tug, when I resigned from LaFace Records, I knew that I was moving to something like this, but that can't be it that can't be it. That can't be it. And for at least 10 years, I I literally denied myself my truth because I wouldn't tap into my peace because peace is going to release your truth. That's why we say, I don't know. (laughs) And so I ran and ran. And when I finally committed to the peace, it forced me into the clarity, which gave me the courage to realize, girl, your grandmother said that to you. She didn't mean any harm. You can do this. This is what you're, this is your purpose. This is what you're called to do. But you're right, I, 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 I ran from it. I ran from it for the longest, and it really is my purpose. And guess what I would have been? What did I tell y'all not to be? Selfish, I was being selfish. I'll say this, I'm going to give it back to you. This, what finally broke me free is a person said to me, if you were a cardiologist and someone had a heart attack right in front of you, would you stand over top of them and be, but I didn't get my, deg- my medical degree from Harvard. What if, what if they don't like the way I give them chest compressions? Do you really think that they're going to want me, of all doctors, to save their life? It was like, no, Sherry, you would get down and save their life. You're being selfish, Sherry, because you have something in you that could set people free, that could save their life, and you won't do it. And when they said it to me like that, I had to go figure out why I wouldn't do it. Because when you put it that way, it removes me from the issue. It's about that person. So you're right. Peace releases that purpose.
6: And something else, and it maybe goes along with what you're saying. I think the most powerful things that we do in life, for me at least, was hearing people's stories gives me a sense of possibility. And that's what you're sharing with the world is your story. But your story gives a sense of possibility. It inspires people. It gives them that reason for living, that reason to go out and change the world.
1: Change the world.
6: And it's really, really powerful. Thank and, you. And and it gives permission. I, I love peace. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's peace, there's power. There's there's so many peace in the world that are life-changing. So... Um,
1: and during thank the you. break, a friend of mine texted me and said, hey, Sherry, their stories are helping me. So actually, yeah. you guys' stories are having just as much impact because um, she literally sent that text. So thank you for sharing your story as well. You're welcome. Thank you. It's,
6: it's all about possibility and yes. living that possibility.
1: Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Someone else, I think, was. Oh, no. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Tell me your name as you stand. My name is Erica. And I love your haircut, Erica. Thank you very we much. love it.
4: Uh, so for me, when I think about success, it kind of comes back around to feeling. Uh, and for me, ultimately, and it's something that continues to be, is that I want to be the fullest expression of myself. And yet I always, more on a day-to-day, am always externally trying to please mm. other people. And as much of the journey that I have been on, and I know this, there is still I don't take the reminder every day to focus on myself. It's figuring out work or the relationship or the family. And having this to kind of come back to realizing like I then end up setting up my own limits on like what I'm successful at. Like this last year as I shifted careers, I realized how much like low hanging fruit I kept grabbing just because I wanted to like prove myself and like get more experience. And then I've like just, I've shifted now to say well, that's not actually serving me. Like, I have so much more to provide, uh, but I still feel how I cap. Like, I do know that I have a much bigger gift and what I can do and what my superpowers are, but I have a hard time, like, really aiming big. But I think it's also because I'm trying to aim big and not come back to kind of my center and feel grounded in peace.
1: Mm. Thank you, Erica. Oh, that's good. So the last principle we're going to talk about today is build lasting confidence. Build lasting confidence. And this is all about being present. It's about being present. Do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. Guys, when I was, um, oh gosh, about three, four years ago, I had my 30-year class reunion, high school class reunion. I had my 30-year high school class reunion, class of 1985. That's me up there in the corner. Oh. <laughs> and... Um, Oh my gosh. Um, I gotta admit, I I had a whole lot of anxiety about going back for my class reunion. I mean, it was, I mean, as you can see, very small class and outside of a few connections on Facebook, we hadn't really stayed connected. And um, so there was some angst, you know, there was just some anxiety. And and so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm getting dressed, I'm, I'm in the mirror and I'm getting dressed and I'm thinking back, you know, to that 18 year old, you know, and I'm Thinking like, wow, you know, I mean, literally every dream that I ever had as an 18-year-old, I had accomplished, and I'm just like, wow, you know, and I'm I'm thinking back and I'm thinking to like all the times that life had kicked me in the face and I you know, I got back up and. You know, I'm just like, wow. You know, and I'm I'm feeling kind of good. I mean, I'm 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 hearing a little Jay Z in my head. You know, allow me to reintroduce myself, right? <laughs> Let me tell you there's a freedom you get dancing naked in the mirror, <laughs> <laughs> right? So I'm, I'm thinking, and I'm like excited, like, okay, okay, and and then I started thinking about you know that 18 year old, and you know how much I, I knew what I wanted, I knew what I was doing, and I'm thinking about now where I am at, you know, 40 some years old, and And realizing, like, that 18-year-old and this 40-some-year-old, there was a disconnect here. Like, I had really gotten disconnected from who I was. And I started really unpacking that. You know, this, this woman here was more lost than that kid in the picture before. How could that be? And I started unpacking this more and more. And I started unpacking, like, how could this woman be so disconnected from who she was? And I realized, as I unpacked it, I realized that I wasn't confident. Somewhere on this journey, I had lost my confidence. Drive. Now, drive, that's what got this woman here somewhere confidence had lost its place. And I realized that drive is what had pushed me to succeed, but confidence, that's confidence. Confidence is who you're supposed to be when you get there. And that wasn't my truth. And so I, step, I kept unpacking this and unpacking this. And I started asking other people like, are you driven or are you confident? And they would go, I'm, I'm, mm, okay, let me, wow, wow. To be honest, I'm, I've, I've got drive but I don't think I'm that confident. And I realized that it wasn't just me. I realized that drive, drive is that protective strength. Drive and drive and you go and you go. Confidence is our vulnerable strength. And I realized that there can be a major gap between drive and confidence. And I started asking this question and talking to other people. And I realized that some of the most accomplished people I knew had no confidence. I realized that we could get up every day and accomplish some amazing things, but we don't have confidence. Drive is that thing that keeps you going, that you can do. Confidence is when you're sitting still by yourself, when there's no one there. And I've continued to unpack this, and I realized that if I was genuinely going to experience exponential living, that I had to not only commit to drive and confidence getting back together, but they had to stay together. I could no longer live with drive and confidence not aligned. They're not the same thing, but they work hand in hand. But we put so much time into the drive, which is what we do, that we lose the fact that the confidence is who we are. Again, drive is what gets us there. Confidence is who we are when we arrive. And so I realized that, again, In order for me to bridge the gap, we got to make a decision. It all starts there. In order to bridge this gap, we got to be ready. And ready means we got to make a decision. We have to be committed. Again, we got to give ourselves permission. And we got to be willing. You got to be ready to make a decision, committed to giving yourself permission. And you got to be willing, again, to give up, to go up. And I keep repeating that because it's so critical. Have y'all noticed throughout this whole journey how critical these things are? So to build lasting confidence, we have to focus on what we are, not what we're not. Not what we're not, what we are. We can only be the best me. You can only be the best you. Stop the comparing, right, Denise? Stop the, well, they did this. And here's the thing. We got to stop comparing ourselves to ourselves. Hey, remember when you used to do this, Sherry? Well, that was your old norm. Accept your new norm. I love what Oscar Wilde says. Be yourself. Everyone is already taken. And then lastly, we have to have the courage to be. We have to have the courage to be. So I want you thinking about this. What are you going to do to build lasting confidence? What are you going to do to build lasting confidence? When we own our peace, it gives us the power to recognize that fear that's trying to not keep us from failing, but to keep us from our greatness. Mark, you have something you want to say? I saw you over there on the edge of your seat. You was like double Dutch. I gotta get in there.
6: <laughs> I do. First of all, that was one of my favorite speeches. And, oh my gosh, you gave it so well. So thank you.
1: Thank you, Mark. Um,
6: and it's so true. So, so I'm trying to grapple in the, mm-hmm. what you were saying is is work. We've got to get past work. And I guess what I'm trying to understand, and, and just for further clarification, because I think it's really, really powerful what you're saying, which is. To go from work to finding a real purpose and living that purpose fully, is that?
1: Well, a part of that, more so of don't fall back into the habit of just work for the sake of working. Got it. Right? Because when we leave here, that's the paradigm that we walked in with, Mm -hmm. as everyone shared. But to really own the paradigm shift that we've had is we can't leave and just slide back into that comfort zone of just working for the sake of working. And what will allow many of us to do that is because fear of the success that we can have experience in exponential living will allow us to go back to that comfort zone, and that comfort zone is the work. Does that make sense?
6: It makes sense, and it's yeah. like all the dots are now connecting. Because what you're really saying is confidence,
1: mm-hmm.
6: not being driven. When you're confident, when you're driven, you're working. You're you're doing busy work, but you're not getting anywhere. Mm-hmm. But when you're confident, you can get a clear idea of what your real true purpose is, which is really what you just just, yes. just said. And, work, and, and all of you just said.
1: And the confidence and drive are supposed to work together. Yes. Drive gets you there. Confidence is who you are when you show up. Drive is a thing that is amazing. It works but confidence has to stay there. We have to put just as much time into who we are as we do what we do. So we wanna minimize, eliminate that gap between drive and confidence and let them continue to work us and do us like this together.
6: Oh my gosh, Sherry, sure, that is absolutely brilliant. Is, <laughs> your whole system here is, is amazing. And all of you, what you have shared today is, is is really incredible. Thank you, this Thank is you. Been an amazing experience. Thank, Thank you.
1: you. And one of the things that I've found is many times that we think that peace takes the edge away. It does not, right, Denise? Peace is the thing that gives us the edge. Peace is the thing that that gives us the drive and the confidence, that gives us the clarity and the courage. What I've found is when we pursue the peace, when we truly, truly pursue the peace, it gives us clarity. And when we get that clarity, Peace and clarity together give us the courage that we can make any decision. We can live in any reality. We can accept any new norm. We can live out these principles. We can heal. We can thrive. We can work. We can make millions. We can have families. We can let go of things. We can challenge ourselves. When we have those three simple things. When I first started this journey was such a big complex idea, but I realized that it, every big, scary problem has a very simple fix. Hard, hard, but simple. And what I've found is that with peace being the new success, with the peace, the clarity, and the courage, we can truly, truly have that full 100% life that we also desire. Thank you, guys. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
5: I'm just going to quickly ask if people did want to find more information where they could uh, search for you online or um, find a copy of your book, perhaps.
1: Yes. So it's sherryriley.com is my website, sherryriley, S H E R I R I L E Y. Instagram and Twitter is sherryriley. And Facebook and LinkedIn is sherryriley.com. And that's spelled out D O T. C-O-M, SherryRiley.com. So everything is Sherry Riley.
0: Hey, that was an awesome episode. But before you bounce, just, I got three quick thoughts. First, thank you for being in this community. It gives me so much juice. I can't even tell you, so much juice that when I hit publish and this show goes out into the ether, that there's an amazing community of like-minded people just like you consuming and sharing the show. So thank you. Second, it would be huge. It would mean the world to me if you left a review at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Now, we're regularly featured at the top slot there on Apple Podcast page and others in Spotify, etc. And that's because of your reviews. So if you've ever wanted to uh, lend a hand or you got some value from me in the past and you want to pay it forward, that would be amazing. And then lastly, it would also mean the world to me if you shared the content that you get here whether it's a screenshot or a photo of where you're listening, anything via Instagram stories um, or any other social feeds, tagging me and the guests. Now, I repost this content and your comments all the time, so I would love to share your shout-outs in my feed, too. Um, not only do these shout-outs uh, are, are they good for you and me, but they also help us book amazing guests because they see the reach that you cultivate. This is a way for you to help contribute to the show. So, again... want to say thanks i'm just at chase jarvis you can use at creative live as well and the guests are easy to track down because they are well they're usually quite well-known people um but again thank you so much for listening i'm looking forward to being in your ears again hopefully tomorrow